This episode of the 501st Cast is dedicated to these recent Eternal Legionnaires. Peter Allen, TI-77400 of the New England Garrison, and Andy Sears, TD-6415 of the UK Garrison. Rest in peace in our Hall of Eternal Legionnaires. We found the computer outlet, sir. Plug in. You should be able to interpret the entire Imperial network. You are listening to the 501st Cast, the official podcast of the 501st Legion, Lucasfilm's preferred Imperial costuming organization. Stay tuned for global news from the front lines of the Empire as the men and women of Vader's fist celebrate more than a decade of promoting Star Wars, honing the art of costumes and props, and contributing to the community through charity and volunteer work. And here are your hosts. Take it away, troopers. Copy that. Welcome back to the 501st cast, everyone. The official podcast of the 501st Legion Vader's Fist. This is episode 90 for December 2015. Took us eight years to get up to episode 90, but you know, here we are. And uh, here are your hosts, myself, Nikki, DZ8397. I'm Joe, SL12743. And I'm Mark, SL92585. So we have some new voices joining us for episode 90. You guys want to introduce yourselves? Joe, you can go first. Okay, well, um, as I mentioned, I'm an SL. I'm a Lord Sidious, a prequel Sidious costumer there. And I'm in the Southern California Garrison. I have been podcasting for, uh, well, um, more than half a decade. And uh, uh, listeners, if they listen to Star Wars podcasts, I hope you are because you're listening to this one, right? And uh, I've been heard on Dark Empire Radio, Holland at Audio Dramas, uh, Saber Chats, and uh, I've I'm also the intro voice on half a dozen Star Wars podcasts, the Sarlacc Pit, a couple of the shows on the Forcecast Network. Uh, so I'm sort of a Star Wars podcasting veteran, perhaps. But I'm glad to be here. And uh, also a recently joined, I just joined the 501st, just prior to Celebration Anaheim earlier this year. So uh, less than a year in, and look where I am now. And uh, <laughs> I hope to conquer more of the Legion. Oh, I'm just kidding, just kidding. Uh, Sidious has enough here, I think. <laughs> Speaking of Sidious... I'm Mark, and I also play Lord Sidious in the red outfit from the Senate scene of Revenge of the Sith. You can also find me writing on JediNews.com and a couple small podcasts here and there. And you're also a, a recent uh, 501st oh, yeah. Legion member as well, right? Yes, I've only been in about three and a half months, but already up to 27 troops. It's kind of taken over my life with how much I love it. Wow. <laughs> awesome. So we'll get right on with it. I guess the 501st Legion is currently at 8,290 members with 14,641 approved costumes in the Legion. In this episode, we send troopers to children's hospitals and to schmooze with Harrison Ford on Good Morning America. We'll reveal a sweet Episode 7 cameo and celebrate milestone unit anniversaries. So stay tuned. Recent news. The viral story this week is the return of Katie Johnson's story into the hearts of Star Wars fans, and likely many non-Star Wars fans, everywhere. Founder of the 501st Legion and Katie's father, Albin, received confirmation at the end of November that Katie's namesake, Astromech R2KT, would be having a cameo in Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens. If you haven't heard R2KT's story yet... Be sure to head over to R2KT.com and click on the Birth of a Droid page and keep your eye out for her when you go and see the premiere. I know, I'm going to be so excited. I'm I'm hoping, though, it won't, like, totally distract me. Like, I'm going to be looking for her through the whole movie and not paying attention to anything else, but hopefully. You know, I got excited when I saw saw R2KT in the Clone Wars movie back in 2008, and I got really excited then, so I'm super pumped for this now. Definitely. I got to meet R2KT at Celebration, and just her story is so inspirational, and I had to go up, and I still act like droids are real, so it was like I was meeting the droid, and I was so excited for that. Yeah, yeah, she was at the um, the Hot Wheels booth, I think, at Celebration Anaheim, right? Because they were doing um, the special little car for her. I actually also saw her outside with Albin and R2, so that was a lot of fun. yeah. Congratulations to the 501st Legion's single largest unit at 577 members, our German garrison, for making their 15th anniversary as a 501st unit. 
check out our show notes for a link to a video produced by Corpse Tree that features footage of many different events such as Star Wars Celebration Europe, Star Wars Day at Legoland Germany, Science Fiction Day's Gunstud, and FedCon von Dusseldorf. Yeah, I was. I had to actually look it up because I knew German Garrison was huge, but I hadn't realized they had gotten up to 577 members. <laughs> um, I think the next one closest to them is Florida Garrison at 448. So, Speaking of video footage of European 501st Legion members, our UK Garrison was very proud to share a teaser trailer last week for a documentary that will come out in 2016. Speechless Films have been filming and interviewing members for over six months now. And here's the description for the documentary. This 45-minute documentary follows the 501st UK Garrison Star Wars Costuming Club around the UK as they attend a variety of fundraising events. After 15 years of raising money for various charities, as well as the release of the long-awaited new film, Star Wars The Force Awakens, it is set to be a historic year. Many people have the misguided perception of costumers, labeling them as nerds and geeks. In order to change this perception, we were given the privileged opportunity to meet the families and the fans who have been directly inspired and supported by the UK Garrison. The film will reveal the wide variety of people who are inspired to join the UK Garrison from all works of life with many different backgrounds and occupations. For these individuals, being heroes of the Empire is their true identity. And that sounds perfect to me. I can't wait to f- see the uh, finished product. I imagine they come from all works of life and probably all walks of life, too. <laughs> yeah. I'm wondering if that's a British phrase because obviously this is a British documentary. I'm wondering if they say that, if they say works of life and, uh, and the Americans just say walks of life or I don't know if it was a typo. But yeah. well, we in America, we do like to change things, don't we? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I know anytime I'm conversing with like a uh, a Canadian or an Australian or uh, someone in the UK, I'll try to to abide by their spellings of color and armor and, and add all those U's back in for them so they don't get confused. F- favorite's my favorite word that they spell different. Yes. Uh, oh, there was another one. I think surprise um, is different. So, yeah, there's a lot of words. Um, I try to uh, change my spelling to match what they're expecting to see. Yeah, like an armor. They add a U. And so I, I'm, I try to be very careful when I read the word armor as it pertains to a European garrison. And I don't say armour, you know. And, <laughs> yes. and, uh, uh, I ended up, uh, sometimes I end up saying amour. And that's not, that's not a good thing. No, no, no. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of 501st Legion unit milestones, our Imperial Sands Garrison in California just completed their one-year probation after forming in November 2014. Aha, the old San Diego squad, now the Imperial Sands Garrison. They expanded from being Southern California Garrison San Diego squad, isn't that what I just said, uh, since 2000 to a fully functioning and strong garrison of the 501st Legion. They've gained at least 10 new members already these past 12 months, with many more in the process of getting their costumes completed. Completed. Also in ISG news, the unit recently honored their executive officer, Todd, DZ8559, with the Golden Boot Award for successfully trooping four events in a single day. August 22nd was a day that will not be soon forgotten, as that particular Saturday saw the ISG slammed with requests for troops. Our garrison CO, Leslie, DZ3744, spread the troopers out to cover the four troops in one day. However, Todd saw a challenge. Could he possibly attend all four troops? Well, he did. He trooped the the Doggy Street Fair, Ride for Inspiration Hospital visit, Ride for Inspiration Harley-Davidson event, and NerdCon. Excellent work, trooper. You know, and uh, the Imperial Sands Garrison, I'm highly uh, impressed with them. And I'm in the uh, Southern California Garrison, just north of uh, Imperial Sands Garrison, oddly enough. And uh, I'm in the uh, Orange County Squad. We've got over 70 uh, members uh, in the Orange County Squad of the uh, Southern California Garrison. I I, I foresee another garrison in California, perhaps, in the not-too-distant future. We have the numbers, my goodness. There's so many garrisons in the Legion now. Definitely. I can't imagine. Doing four troops in a day. I've done several days of two troops, but four seems crazy. Yeah, I'm wondering what the timing was for those. Like, was one like at nine o'clock in the morning until like 10 o'clock at night or something? I don't know how he managed to do all this. They must have all been really close to each other. There will be another member of Great Lakes Garrison on faceoff. Jennifer Bowden, BH9711, has 
been named a contestant on Season 10 of Face Off. You might remember when we mentioned that Rob Miller, DZ5068, appeared in Season 8. We'll have a link to an article with all the Season 10 cast in our show notes. Yeah, I'm wondering if there's like something in the water in Michigan like that's generating all of these face-off contestants. It's pretty cool. Uh, well, you know, they have that giant lake there, uh, and uh, <laughs> yeah. you never know. Uh, one person on uh, the one side of the lake and the other side of the lake, well, they're definitely in position to be facing off. But <laughs> all joking aside, <laughs> that is really, really cool. Hi, this is Alvin Johnson, founder of the Fighting Follow First Legion, and you're listening to the Follow First cast. There's this. Mission reports. November 14th and 15th was the weekend for Garrison Excelsior's annual visit to In Another Galaxy, the Strong National Museum of Play's sci-fi celebration weekend in Rochester, New York. More than 50 members of Excelsior, Canadian Garrison, Garrison Carita, and Old Line Garrison were joined by the Rebel Legion and Ghostbusters to help transport museum visitors to another reality. In addition to sending down over 20 of its members, Canadian Garrison so generously trucked down some of their set pieces and their life-size speeder bike and throne props for visitors to have pictures with. Artist Jack Wang was also on hand, speaking with museum patrons about his Epic Yarns series of books, which feature handcraft felt characters from our favorite saga, photographed into board book style retellings. So check out our show notes to a link to some great photos from this event by Photo Nerd Photography. Yeah, I think it might help if we tell the listeners, of course, and of course, we, we tell them, I would imagine, uh, at the very end of the podcast, but we keep mentioning show notes. And where can they find these show notes? It would be 501st.com slash podcast, right? Correct. Yeah, in case they're they're listening to all these wonderful stories and they're like, oh, I want to find out more about that. And then there's YouTube videos and things like that. Give me more. Well, that's where you can find it. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I, I, tend to, I tend to get into character a little bit when I do podcasting, especially Star Wars podcasting. I, I love it. I get the, the, what do you call it? Not the midi-chlorians, but the, the podcast mojo going here. <laughs> I, I, I suppose it could be midi-chlorians. I don't know uh, if that's what floats your, your, your starship, I guess. <laughs> well, many of our units headed out to their local video game stores on November 16th for the much-anticipated midnight release of Star Wars Battlefront. Our members found there wasn't as much traffic as there was in the old days of midnight releases, as so many can just order and download the game online now. But our troopers still had fun visiting with the other diehard fans, and many of the GameStop stores gave our members their surplus stock of Battlefront posters to use as support charities at future events. Uh, to use to support charities at future events, I should say. And uh, I have one of those posters, and they're pretty cool. They're, they're two sided so you can select which side of the poster you want to face exactly so did you guys do any of the battlefront troops in your area I uh, was going to, but uh, I had uh, I had. A, we're going to be talking uh, a little bit later on about a special troop I did on December fifth, and uh, uh, well, that was uh, the the thing for me. So I didn't really do the um, uh, the the Battlefront uh, troop there. I wanted to. I, I used to be a gamer back in the old days of PlayStation Two, and Battlefront Two was the game uh, for me. That still is. That was the last time I really was a solid gamer. So um, once I get a new console and uh, uh, well, actually, I have a friend here with us, PlayStation 4, so I, I should probably get into uh, some Battlefront gaming again. It's been uh, uh, like 10 years. It's been a decade since we've had a nice Battlefront game, so I'm dying to try this one out. I'm really enjoying it. I think you will, too. I wasn't that excited about it, but playing with Garrison Mates makes it so much better. Oh, yes, and there is a 501st Legion uh, team on there, I do believe. I think so. I, saw I actually it. also yeah. saw a video today of Sam Witwer, who is... Um, Starkiller from the Force Unleashed game, but I also didn't realize that he does, which you guys might be interested in, the voice of the Emperor in the Battlefront game. That he did, and he did that in the yeah. Force Unleashed game as well, too, if I remember correctly. Yep. And he's going to be doing the voice of the Emperor in Rebels. And so, he did Maul. He did right. Darth Maul on the Clone Wars. Yep. That's it. Sam Witwer is a Sith. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> yes. So I should also link the video to Sam what we're playing Battlefront because it was really cool because he was playing the Emperor, which he is the Emperor in Battlefront. So it was like a uh, a double whammy there. The Imperial Forces secured a recruitment table and propaganda site for both days of the Heroes and Villains Fan Fest at San Jose Convention Center. 
While manning both locations, as well as vendor portals, Golden Gate Garrison managed a stellar turnout for the weekend's festivities. Several past members, as well as new enlistees, dispensed literature, recruited potential members, and established relationships with many excited fans. Copious photos were taken. Lots of pamphlets distributed. Many, if not all, members associated both in costume by taking photos and walking the vendor area, but also spent time at the table. Everyone looked great, and the highlight of the show was toss-up between Vader's Sunday afternoon's appearance with Stormtrooper escort the Emperor himself, flanked by his royal guards. Seriously, troops, if you have that mix of characters at an event, do it. We'll have a link to the convention's Facebook page as you can check out some photos of members and other costume attendees. Thanks to Sarah, IC546, for this report. So if you were watching Good Morning America at the beginning of December, you should have spotted some of Empire City Garrison's finest on the air with Harrison Ford on December 1st and with Daisy and John on December 2nd. And as a bonus, the troopers who attended the December 2nd shoot also got to meet Carrie Fisher at the studios. So such amazing opportunities for our members have been popping up all over the world this month, thanks to our friends at Lucasfilm. And we'll get some links to photos and videos from these uh, GMA spots in our show notes. Well, back in September 2014 was when Skull Garrison in Mexico was first contacted by the parents of Fedrita to come visit their home. Fedrita is a 12-year-old girl suffering epidermolysis bullosa, a disease of the skin called butterfly skin, which she has suffered with all her life. Fedrita has a passion for Star Wars, so to visit her was a wonderful thing. Once the troopers arrived at their home, they were greeted by her parents, who were very excited that the 501st was able to fulfill their request. Fedrita's surprise was so great that she burst into tears, happy tears. Fast forward about nine months, when the garrison was back in touch with Fedrita again and learned of her dream to go see Episode 7, disguised as a character of the Empire. 501st members willingly took up the task of looking for a costume that would suit her well, and they found the perfect outfit. A TIE pilot. Since Fedrita's health condition is precarious, Legion members were motivated even more to do this as soon as possible. Finally, in September 2015, almost exactly a year since they first met, Fedrita was presented with honorary membership to both Skull Garrison and the Jolly Roger Squadron, and of course, her new TIE pilot costume. The ceremony was very emotional for all. The troopers arrived before she was home, suited up, and kept out of sight until she came back home. When she opened the box, her face said everything. Her tongue was too tied to convey. After just a few words of thanks, she excitedly headed to her bedroom to get suited up for the first time with some help from her mother. When she came back downstairs holding her bucket, the happiness was beaming on her face. She received her framed certificates and posed for lots of pictures for her profile picture and for future trading cards. Isra TI-7613 would like to say thanks to all his Legion brothers involved in that process, from the build of the pint-sized armor, printing and framing the honorary member recognition, and all the parts of the suit. Thanks to Isra TI-7613 for that report. You know, and uh, the stories like that uh, throughout the 501st Legion, uh, you know, garrison, garrison after garrison, squad after squad, unit after unit, uh, this is just a typical story of what the 501st Legion does and what it's all about. You know, and, and having been involved with Star Wars fan groups for, uh, well, more than half a decade, I was finally motivated to get my serious, my, my serious, well, that too, I was seriously motivated to get my Sidious up to snuff and join the 501st. Uh, you you know, I was specifically uh, having watched uh, Heart of an Empire uh, on DVD. Uh, it was a documentary about Albin and his story uh, from about uh, 10 years ago now. I'm getting close to 10 years ago. And I saw that, and uh, you know what? That just did it for me. I had to become a part of the 501st, and it's stories like that that really warm the heart. And I'm very, very proud of what we do as a Legion and what the other clubs, the the, the Dark Empire and Saber Guild and the Rebel Legion and the Mandalorian Mercs and, and clubs like, like all of us do uh, for uh, kids like that. It, it just really makes you proud to be a member. Absolutely. For those of you who attended Star Wars Celebration Anaheim, you might remember the large-scale model plane decked out in an R2-D2 paint job display on the show floor. 
Well, recently, our members have helped celebrate the life-size version Maiden's flight. On November 4th, the R2-D2 plane from ANA landed for the first time on European soil at the Brussels airport in Belgium. Thanks to an invite by Disney, both our Belgium garrison and Fan Wars garrison appeared. Their presence was enriched by the local R2 Builders Group and BCDVZW, a.k.a. Belgium Props Crew, with their sets, Speeder Bike and Ray's Speeder. There was an online contest in which 125 people were granted special access to see the plane land from the specific meeting area, right next to the tarmac and gate where the plane arrived. For those 125, 25 were chosen to even watch the landing and docking from the tarmac itself, accompanied by airport staff, regional and national press, and some VIPs, including ANA CEO, and of course, six stormtroopers and R2-D2. Three other stormtroopers and three R2 stayed with the other people inside, which turned out to be lucky for them since it started to rain the moment the plane landed. Upon landing, the plane received a baptism of sorts from the airport fire department. Then it was photos and interviews on the tarmac. The outside group rejoined the rest of the people inside for some drinks. At the close of the day, the troopers in R2 did a recording and photo opportunity. See official video link in our show notes in the departure hall of the airport. We'll have a link to photos and other videos in our show notes as well. While they were gathered... Belgium Garrison took the opportunity to induct Margin, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, a seven-year-old boy who was recently diagnosed with his third relapse of cancer. As friends of our garrison, although Margin was not present at this event, they honored him by presenting his introduction plaque on the tarmac in front of the fans and press. Thanks, Dimitri, TK3464, for that report. How cool is that to be inducted, even if you're not there, to be inducted uh, on, on the airport tarmac in front of the plane, uh, in front of reporters and guests, and and, and uh, that's that's really cool. Uh, and uh, I, you know, that, another heartwarming story. I mean, they, they just keep on coming in, don't they? Definitely. Yes, they do. Yeah, we should have a picture of the plaque in um, the show notes links, but it was a really nice, um, like etched acrylic, really nice. <laughs> So each October, Carolina Garrison and their Rebel Legion counterparts visit Hemby Children's Hospital in Charlotte, North Carolina. They provided a great turnout of characters from a galaxy far, far away, as well as a couple of characters from other parts of the Disney universe. And since it was Halloween at the time, a Ghostbuster just to keep those pesky ghosts away. The event began with a slight mishap, though. While trying to find the light switch in their changing area, they accidentally ended up pulling a code blue. So after getting that sorted out, they got suited up and visited with about a dozen kids, as well as some nurses and a doctor. They made up some great gift bags to give out to the kids that included Lego Star Wars activity books, crayons, trading cards, temporary tattoos, among other things. Captain Jack Sparrow even passed out Coca-Cola bottles that said, share a Coke with a captain. A big thank you to everyone who donated items for the kids. It's very much appreciated. This marks the eighth year the Carolina Garrison and Freedom Base and Blue Ridge Base have participated in this event, and it continues to be one of the most popular events for the Carolinas. Thanks to Lewis, DZ6570, for that report. I guess that wasn't the light switch that they were looking for. Uh, there's nothing like setting off a code blue in a hospital and everybody comes running and then they come and they find uh, stormtroopers and uh, other imperial types uh, <laughs> ha- half uh, dressed. So, uh, but, uh, you know, how, how cool is that, though? I mean, that, that's very cool that uh, uh, at least they finally got to where they needed to be and uh, uh, were able to pull off such a wonderful troop. Well, Empire City Garrison attended the Lucasfilm-sponsored Children's Hospital program and by appearing at Romansky Center for Children's Health on November 30th. Members were asked to spend time with the children as well as the hospital staff posing for photos as well as doing meet and greets throughout the troop. The hospital staff as well as the children that they visited were very excited to see all of our members. Legion troops were treated to a hearty lunch and refreshments as well as a great deal of hospitality from the staff. ECG also donated a box of Star Wars Battlefront posters that they received from GameStop after one of their Battlefront release troops. Thanks also to Ryan and Dan from the Rebel Legion for joining ECG at this troop. And thanks to Walter SL21213 for that report. Patients and family at Seattle Children's Hospital didn't have to travel to a galaxy far, far away to see characters from Star Wars. We came to them. 
in another installment of Lucasfilm 501st Partnership Project for Hospital visits Garrison Titan and their Rebel Legion counterpart sends several characters to visit the children, families, and the staff there. They help not only to make the day for kids, but to help bolster the spirits of the parents, guardians, and other family members and caregivers who try to remain strong for their younglings to go through so much in their battles. And in one more installment of the new Lucasfilm-sponsored hospital visit program that they've partnered with us for, Golden Gate Garrison was asked to visit UCSF Benioff Children's Hospital. Troopers arrived around 1 p.m. to go through a special security screening, plus they received guidelines regarding patient confidentiality and infectious disease handling. Those characters without gloves were instructed to use hand gel upon entering and exiting every room they visited, and no high fives or touching of any of the kids would be permitted. For some of the rooms, they could only wave from outside the room and not even enter. Any of the hospital staff wanting photos had to do so while the troopers were walking from one area to another or at the end of the event due to the very tight time schedule for all of the characters. Legion members were given the teen lounge to use for changing, and the hospital provided a generous amount of snacks, not hospital food, fortunately for them. Then they were divided up into groups of three and given assignments. At 2 o'clock, the first group, Vader and two stormtroopers, left the room to go visit children in the intensive care units. A second group, consisting of two Jedi and two droids from the R2 builders, left a few minutes later to do an hour-long televised program in the playroom. The rest of the characters headed out a few minutes later to do some regular room visits. The activities available to the kids in the playroom included coloring of Star Wars-themed activities, building of Star Wars Lego sets, a force training program with the two Jedi, and an interaction known as Yoda Legendary, which Lucasfilm provided a script in advance for all of the characters to learn, as well as guidance on how to play all of the interactive games with the children. So that sounds pretty cool. Then at 2.45, they did a meet and greet with all of the characters combined, and they also participated in a bingo pregame show with the USCF-provided entertainer called Nurse Bumblebee, I guess. <laughs> Bumblebee. I guess. <laughs> Nurse Bumblebee. I got to look at the photos for this event and see what her costume must be if she's called Nurse Bumblebee. Maybe she's an Autobot. You never know. Yeah. <laughs> First thing that comes into my mind with the sun being into Transformers. Mm-hmm. Um, but in any case, so I guess she ran this bingo game that the Star Wars characters participated in. And um, they also got to sit down with the families and play bingo with them. All the kids who played, they kept playing until they won something so that everyone got a prize. And Lucasfilm provided a generous array of prizes from both Star Wars and Disney themed stuff. Each kid got to pick out multiple toys for winning. And kids who were too ill to come down to the playroom in person were able to play from their rooms, and then they dialed in when they had a winning card. So how cool was that? The prizes were delivered right to them at their rooms. And the end of the event was about at 4.15 p.m., and the members had to change quickly and head to another event at 6 o'clock. So we're the busy bumblebees. Yeah, they're busy bees indeed, my goodness. (laughs) So the feedback on the USCF Facebook page regarding the 501st Legion visit was overwhelmingly positive, and the official photos from the event were shared on Facebook over 500 times. So we'll have a link in our show notes so that you can check them out. Overall, this was an amazing event, and all of the Golden Gate members who participated would gladly do it again for the reward and smiles from the kids, their families, and the staff at the hospital who were just as excited to see us as the kids were. And of course, a huge thank you to the Rebel Legion and R2 Builders for joining in and doing such an incredible job. Thanks to Diana, TK95020, for that report. Yeah, I'm originally from Northern California, and uh, so shout out to the Golden Gate Garrison up there. They they are uh, uh, wonderful people, and I haven't really trooped with them at all because uh, my, my home garrison is the SCG, Southern California Garrison. But, uh, you know, the, up there, there are so many opportunities and wonderful things uh, to do up there, and uh, they're a busy garrison just like we are in, in SCG. And uh, so uh, hats off to them, and a big shout out to uh, the Golden Gate Garrison. That's my hometown up there in the East Bay specifically. I'm from Castro Valley. I, I I miss it. And uh, so uh, love to hear about things going on up there. 
there's other hospital visits too going on throughout the legion. Uh, the uh, Southern California Garrison has visited uh, CHLA recently. That's a children ho- children's hospital, Los Angeles. My squad, the Orange County squad, has visited CHOC, C-H-O-C. That's the Children's Hospital of Orange County uh, recently multiple times. And we just didn't uh, quite get reports from them on those. But, you know, there's hospital visits going on throughout the legion all over the place, even some that we don't hear about, you know. Uh, and uh, Nikki, I'll let you tell them later, uh, you know, how our members can get their mission reports into you. But, you know, hospital visits aren't all that we do. We visit schools and we visit uh, all kinds of things. Now, in 2011, uh, I started something, and this is when I was uh, the PR person for another Star Wars club, and uh, now it's more of a 501st event, but all the clubs come together. And uh, this is my favorite thing that I do now twice a year, but uh, it used to be every year. And uh, so I'll just read this little mission report that was submitted by uh, SL12743. Oh, that was me. And it says, on Saturday, December 5th, 2015, Star Wars visited Hillside's Orphanage once again. Uh, That's in Pasadena, California. This time was the first holiday season uh, Star Wars characters uh, came to visit uh, since the, uh, well, the invasions, annual invasions of Hillside's Orphanage began in uh, 2011. Members of the Southern California Garrison, Mandalorian Mercs, Saber Guild, Rebel Legion, and the Dark Empire each came bearing gifts for the younglings. Kids and residents got to select which character they wanted to get a present from, and then they got their gift. Each child received an unopened action figure from an action figure. Watching them tear into their gifts was absolutely priceless, and many souvenir photos with the kids were also taken. A new holiday tradition has begun at Hillsides, thanks the galaxy over to all of the Star Wars clubs that made it possible. So yeah, back in 2011, uh, I kind of started that. I wanted to do something a little bit different. You always hear about uh, hospital visits and school visits and things like that, but very rarely do you ever hear about an orphanage visit. And so in 2011, uh, when I was the PR officer of the Dark Empire Costume Club, I wanted to, to, I reached out to Hillsides. I found them. They're a 501c3 charity on their own. They do all, they're, they're more than just an orphanage. Uh, but, you know, and uh, they're really quite an impressive facility. And uh, honorary member Stephen Stanton actually joined us for that first troop there, now uh, going on five years ago. Uh, each August, we do the, the, the summer troop and more than 60 costumers now uh, doing that annual uh, troop in August. From all of the clubs, and we had, uh, I didn't mention in that report, we had about 40 costumers this time, despite all of the other Christmas-type events uh, going on. So I even wrote a blog on StarWars.com about Hillsides, because I want the world to know about how wonderful this place is. And of course, they are just what the Legion is. The 501st Legion is a 501c7 organization, and the Hillsides is a 501c3 charity. So uh, we, we do a lot of work hand-in-hand. Hand. And uh, so, you know, if you want to read more about Hillsides, go to hillsides.org. Or go to StarWars.com and do a search for Hillsides, that's all one word, and uh, you can learn more about them there. Uh, really wonderful place. And it's always, it's always no, matter what, 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 well, no matter what kind of a visit you do, if you visit a hospital, an orphanage, or a school, uh, just seeing the looks on those kids' faces when you're there in costume, you know, it's, I really envy... Uh, folks that are troop from behind the bucket, behind the mask. If you're a Royal Guard or a Stormy or whatever, uh, you know, you can smile back and no one's going to notice. When you're the Emperor, not so much. Isn't that right, Mark? Yes. <laughs> and actually, I know I'm from Chicago, but I have a really good friend that was on that troop with you. Oh, really? Oh, who was it? Who was it? I must know. Matt Summers, he should have been a Thai reserve that day. Oh, yes, he was there. Well, shout out to Matt Summers. Do you know his TKID by any chance? No, I do not. But oh. he was raving about how fun that event was. Fellow Emperor, your knowledge of the dark side I find lacking. That's okay. <laughs> That's really cool. You know, Hillsides was a lot of fun. Well, Mark, what other kind of troops do you have for us? Uh, I think we've got a lot more here. Back in November, Midwest Garrison received a make-a-wish request from Holden Yoist. Father Steve. He asked if the Midwest Garrison could make a special appearance at his house or let him know when and where the garrison would be next because he would like to bring his son, Holden, to meet them. Eric, TK41551, decided to do one better and get clearance from his garrison command to make Holden an honorary member of the Midwest Garrison and invite him to walk with them in the Crystal Lake Festival of Lights parade. Six-year-old Holden had first met the Midwest Garrison at Central DuPage Hospital's first pediatric oncology picnic back in July 2015. He is still recovering from having a cancerous brain tumor removed. 
Steve said when they pulled into the hospital parking lot and saw all the members of the garrison dressed, Holden could not contain his excitement. Holden asked his dad, do you think they are coming to the picnic? Steve said Holden could not contain his excitement when the troopers made their entrance. Holden then got to see the Midwest garrison at Legoland. He loves Legos, and with the garrison trooping that weekend, it was perfect time to meet Holden again and discuss the parade idea with his father. Holden attended with his Jedi robes following and an infectious smile which only broke so he could tell everyone how much he loved Star Wars and Darth Maul. He stayed with his troopers for over an hour telling stories of his favorite parts from Star Wars. Finally, parade day arrived, the Friday after American Thanksgiving. The night was clear, but the temperature hovered around 30 degrees. The garrison members, as well as their families, met at the staging area and got ready to march. The best part about this parade is marchers are encouraged to light up their floats and or themselves. Thus, the name Festival of Lights Parade. In addition to a member's van all decked out with lights, speakers, and 501st and Midwest Garrison logos, the garrison had a Santa Stormtrooper with his five Stormtrooper elves, a Gamorrean guard, Tuscan raiders, two Death Star gunners, the Emperor, fleet officers, four Jawas, and an Ewok decorated in Christmas lights, as well as numerous Jedi, all with their lightsabers lit up and glowing. Holden walked the entire parade route waving to all the people lining the streets of the four-mile-plus route. He never fell behind, never fluttered, never wanted to be carried, never stopped being a model trooper. When the parade was over and the group was gathered back in the staging area, the garrison presented Holden with his honorary certificate, a bag of Midwest garrison and Star Wars swag, including a challenge coin, patches, stickers, temporary tattoos, a shirt, a carrying bag, and a few other gifts. Eugene, IG80870, was so moved by what the garrison had put together, he personally purchased Holden the Star Wars Lego Advent Calendar and presented him with the Jedi Build-A-Bear with working lightsaber. Eric says, This year's Festival of Lights Parade is one I will never forget. The garrison came together as a family and helped someone and their family forget about their real-life issues and give something to someone who will never forget this day. I am proud as well as honored to be part of such an amazing group. Thanks to Eric, TK41551, for that report. I was actually the emperor at this event. And while the parade was great, the best part about it is we went out to a pizza restaurant afterwards with Holden and our garrison. And he kept coming up to me asking about the emperor. And I went out to my car, opened my bin, and I brought in my mask. And while I'm new to the garrison, I'm the only person to wear my mask. And without a second thought, I let Holden wear the mask. And he thought it was the coolest thing And we actually got a thank you letter from Holden and his family. And one of the lines was to see the generosity of the emperor. And right then and there, I got so choked up. This was my first big emotional event and one I will never forget. Aww. (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's uh, heartwarming stories like that. You know, that's what I was talking about. So you have a mask. So you you, uh, you can afford to get a little teary-eyed, perhaps. Now, you see, uh, I uh, dress as the emperor. Well, actually, prequel city is because I I don't wear a mask, which I think explains the cracks in my uh, mirror there in the the refresher. Uh, You know, (laughs) 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 this emperor doesn't wear a mask. Oh, gee, it's a good thing. This is just an audio-only podcast, isn't it? Um, but you know, what is, what a story. I mean, really, really cool. And that you got to, what kind of questions did he ask you about the emperor? I'm curious because I need to prep for, uh, you know, when people ask me questions about the emperor. First off, he asked me where my hair was cause I have kind of crazy <laughs> hair normally. And my emperor mask actually is just bald, but the hood covers that. And then he asked where all my wrinkles went. And I had, I couldn't really explain it to him. So I went out and got him the mask and He thought it was the most fascinating thing to talk to the mask, and then he put it on, and he was overjoyed. (laughs) You see, kid, when you're my age, if you want to hide wrinkles, all you have to do is put on a mask. They go away. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) I might have to get myself a mask here pretty soon. The wrinkles are starting to show. So with temps in the high 70s in the middle of December, it was a great day to have some Star Wars fun. 
This was Carolina Garrison's ninth straight year at the Fayetteville Christmas Parade and the second as the Grand Marshal. The Rotary Clubs of Fayetteville, North Carolina provided a donation of $1,500 to the Make-A-Wish of Eastern North Carolina chapter on their behalf. Alongside their Rebel Legion counterparts and Amando Merck, there were a dozen characters marching for the parade. Check out our show notes for a link to Blue Ridge Base's Facebook page for some photos. And thanks to Bill, SL4821, for that report. Well, five members of the Empire City Garrison uh, and a squire. Is that right? A squire? is Maybe maybe a wrangler, perhaps, of some kind? We call them squires in Excelsior, so that's ah, Nikki's, Nikki speak. Uh, Nikki speak. Got it. Five members of the Empire City Garrison and a squire uh, celebrated Thanksgiving a couple of days early when they invaded the intrepid Air and Space Museum on November 24th for the annual Gift of Thanks event. The event provides families currently in transitional housing through the Department of Homeless Services with an opportunity to experience a fun night at the museum and enjoy a Thanksgiving dinner. Although the appearance was only an hour long, they helped bring smiles to over 200 people that night and made a lot of great memories. The education department and other volunteers were very grateful for ECG's appearance and applauded the troopers as they left for the night. We'll have a link to photos on ECG's Facebook page, and thanks to Danny, TB4651, for that report. Oh, Mark, you're going to tell us about Italica Garrison. Well, uh, as an Italian-American, I'm really looking forward to this one. (laughs) This year's Italica Garrison, presented at Luca Comics and Game Convention, was huge. For the first time ever, they were given a big open space that they used to create a Star Wars village. The area was divided in different sections, such as 501st Italica Garrison and Rebel Legion Italian-based PR recruitment tables, a stage dedicated to lightsaber combat and shows, and an exhibit of new props from the upcoming Star Wars film and one-to-one scale prop like the speeder bike, X-Wing, C-3PO, and R2-D2 and battle droid displays around the village where the event was held. All of these were available for people to see and take pictures with alongside their favorite characters from the Star Wars universe. Of course, during the event, there was about 120 customers from the dark and light side. Each day, they hosted a parade where they circled the ancient wall of Luca. It lasted for about two hours with a few stops to allow their members to rest and pose for photos with fans. Also, during the event, the fundraiser for IBAC Il Babino El Central, collecting more than 500 euros for children in need. We'll have links in our show notes to photos on Italia Garrison Facebook page. Thanks to Dave AR17992 for that report. You know, uh, Nikki, you have uh, Garrison Excelsior there, and uh, I like the name of Italica Garrison, but how cool would it be if it was Garrison Italica? That would be so metal. It would be like Garrison Metallica. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and over there in Excelsior, you should have George Decay as uh, like an honorary CEO because he was know, the CEO of the Excelsior. Oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would no, be so I, nice. Yeah, there were some people that were like, why did you pick a Star Trek spaceship name for your garrison we're like no if you look at the new york state logo excelsior is on our state seal so (laughs) it wasn't an intentional star trek reference but you know now that george takei is in the star wars universe because he did a voice in the clone wars it it still fits i think he would be absolutely honored to be your honorary ceo you should make it happen before (laughs) he retires from starfleet you should (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well, the listening to this report, though, um, I was wondering, is like parades a really big thing in Europe? Because it seems like every event that they do, they, they make these like spontaneous parades with it. <laughs> well, in mm-hmm. Italy, uh, and uh, I'm actually my family is Italian American. I'm not from Italy, but in Italy, uh, uh, parades are well, yeah, they happen a lot. You know, and uh, being where you know the, the Vatican is, and the, the Vatican, of course, has processions all the time. But uh, yeah, I think in Italy, the, the, it's it's a it's a very big thing, and I would probably uh, agree with you. I, I think in in Europe, they they're very big on parades out there. Yeah, I was speaking with the Spanish garrison and, you know, they were doing this parade and I was trying to figure out, you know, is it for a holiday? Is it for a festival? Is it? They're like, no, we're just doing a parade. I'm like, oh, 
okay. <laughs> it's just usually around here, you know, it's a Christmas parade or a St. Patrick's Day parade or a, a town festival parade. There's usually a reason. But for them, they just they just go do a parade for with Star Wars characters. I'm like, all right, well, have at it then, I guess. <laughs> well, we like our parades too. I mean, the Southern California Garrison just uh, wrapped up the Hollywood Bowl parade here uh, just a couple of days ago, uh, and uh, we didn't get a report from them about that. But you know, this, that was pretty short notice uh, between when that happened and us recording now. But uh, and uh, you know, I I really couldn't be a part of that. In fact, uh, SCG is also gearing up for uh, uh, December Monday, December 14th, the uh, world premiere of The Force Awakens, and so uh, everybody's really busy uh, in SCG or busy garrison, you know, but, uh, you know, the Hollywood Bowl Parade and, of course, uh, the the Rose Parade back in 2007, uh, that was that's the famous one. Uh, and uh, that was the, the Rose Bowl Parade. And, uh, you know, it, we like our parades here in the USA. And, uh, and Nikki, I would imagine in New York, uh, you probably have done quite a bit of parades out there. And actually, for my garrison, we only have one um, because usually it's either too cold for the Christmas and St. Patrick's Day parades or, you know, too warm for like the 4th of July parade. So here in Excelsior, we have the Lilac Festival Parade, which lands in May, and it's just the perfect weather for a parade. I know so, the uh, Georgia Garrison does the uh, St. Patrick's Day Parade, a really huge one out there. And uh, shout out to... Uh, a hip hop trooper who is now is a uh, member of the uh, SCG, my garrison, uh, but he's from Georgia, and uh, so I know about that. And uh, of course, they also have the uh, Dra- Dragon Con parade, of course. So, so yes. George, Georgia garrison, I think, is really huge on parades. I believe we do three parades here. We do a Bartlett Fourth of July parade, mm-hmm. the Festival of Lights parade I just read about, and the WGN Thanksgiving Day parade. Yep. Yeah, the Bartlett one, I think, is the one where you guys throw out, like, the bags of marshmallows to kids. All I know is it's over 100 degrees every year that year. Yeah. Or every time of year, and they call it the Death March. I guess you're throwing out bags of melted marshmallows to kids then. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. Well, in addition to parades, the other thing that we do a lot of around this time of year is helping out for Toys for Tots and lots of other different charities that collect toys for kids during Christmas time. So on Friday, December 11th, Florida Garrison's Tampa Bay Squad helped out the Marines uh, with Magic 94.9. They uh, collected toys and donations for the local children there. And thanks to Uno Pizzeria and Grill, who had donated a portion of their sales earlier in the year when they hosted the Garrison's group dinner, the Florida Garrison was able to make a donation of $202. So kudos to all that came out and made a spectacular event and helped so many children have a happy Christmas this year. I know my unit actually recently did something for a local toy collecting charity called the Pirate Toy Fund. It's run by a local children's musician who is called Gary the Happy Pirate. So he named obviously his his toy drive after himself. And we went out to the local mall and helped uh, draw people in to make donations. He has like this giant pirate toy chest that they uh, put all the donations in. So that was a lot of fun. Did the pirate toy chest happen to belong to a pirate like Hondo maybe? Or maybe it was, uh, uh, oh, I know, it was a pirate toy chest. And so it was Han Solo's when he was a child. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it says to ad lib. So I thought I'd just throw that in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the Empire City Garrison attended the WPDH Radio Holiday Charity Toy Drive to assist them with gathering toy donations. The Boris and Robin Show hosted the special gift drive for the children's home of Poughkeepsie the afternoon of Saturday, December 12th. There were Star Wars giveaways and a children's costume contest hosted by Hudson Valley Parent Magazine. R2-D2 and other droids from Hudson Valley Comic Con also attended. Participants were asked to simply bring a gift for kids living at the children's home in Poughkeepsie. Oh, sounds familiar. Hillsides, of course, is, you know, we talked about earlier, is called Ch- Hillsides Children's Group Home. I only refer to it as an orphanage, but I love these kinds of troops. I'm getting excited, and I'm only halfway done with the report. The event coordinators provided ECG with as much room as they needed. It was a great day, and many photos were taken. There were also many people who expressed interest in joining the 501st to our troopers who attended the event. If any of our listeners ever want more information about how to join the 501st, First Legion, you can find more information over at 501st.com or you can email recruit 
at 501st.com. We'll have a link to photos on the Hudson Valley Squad's Facebook page. And thanks to Jarrett, TK, or is it Garrett? I think it's Jarrett, right? Thanks to Jarrett, TK7186, for that report. And in a different sort of charity drive, Garrison Titan and Rebel Legion's Alpha Base teamed up with Bobacon Toys in Everett, Washington, to collect 2,000 pounds of donated food for volunteers of American Western Washington. Event organizers declared the result a record-breaking landslide. Store owner Les also wrote, We want to thank each and every one of you who participated today, as it is because of your generosity that this food drive has been the very best ever. This is the fifth annual Star Wars-themed food drive. We'll have a link to news articles about the troop in our show notes. Upcoming events. I'm not really sure we have much of anything big coming up for the rest of December, honestly. I don't know. What do you, do you guys think of anything? Uh, well, uh, when, let's put it this way. I, uh, I, I'm the emperor, you know, and so are you, Mark. And Mark, we, we both share a condition that old Sith have. I, I call it Sith timers. And what Sith timers is basically is, well, the dark side clouds our vision. It clouds our memory. And uh, my memory is, uh, wait a minute. I think my memory is starting to awaken. Hmm. That sounds familiar. Yeah, I think it is. Oh, Oh wait! I think I know what it oh. is. Wait a minute! I'm I not sure. I know too. As emperors, uh, there, Mark. I'm not sure if we really want this to happen. Oh yeah, that could be a dangerous thing when the Force awakens. That's what it is. That's what we're doing the rest of the month. Now, oh. I hope it's the okay, dark side. Of, I hope it's the dark side of the Force awakening. <laughs> we'll find out. Only in a few days. So, are you guys obviously going to the premiere? I'm assuming. Well, um, as we mentioned earlier, I, I think the world premiere there is being played for a lucky few on Monday, December 14th, and uh, that'll be uh, uh, done by the time this uh, podcast episode airs. Uh, I will be uh, seeing, uh, December 18th, I'll be seeing a matinee. I won't be able to see the 7 p.m. showing on the 17th because, well, believe it or not, the uh, emperor has to uh, work. The emperor is gainfully employed. And, and uh, so, uh, <laughs> Mark, what about you? Are you seeing it? I'm actually seeing it at an event called the Emperor's Ball. I was named this before I even joined, and I figured this is where I have to see the movie. It's your destiny. <laughs> I know. It's a 9 p.m. show. I'm not seeing the 7 because I will be trooping from about 5 to 8.30 and then seeing the movie with my wife and friends. Awesome. That is so cool. What about you, Nikki? So my local theater asked us to come out for Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, mm-hmm. and they said um, for each day that the member troops in costume, they can go see the movie after the troop ends. So I'm hoping to see it Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday because I'm going to go all four days. So, yeah, so I'm going to see it on uh, Thursday. I'm not quite sure which time. Um, although I actually did get an email from Lucasfilm inviting me to the December 14th premiere in Los Angeles, but it was just not in the cards to fly out to the other coast. So I was so excited to be invited, but couldn't make it happen. Yeah. And uh, I couldn't uh, make that either. I'm actually off on Mondays, but uh, I uh, wouldn't be able to uh, go see it at that particular time that day because other plans prevailed. But, uh, you know, um, how cool is that, you know, to be able to uh, go see that and be a part of a select few to be uh, invited from Lucasfilm, no less. Very, very cool. I actually believe StarWars.com will have live coverage of the red carpet. I think David Collins and Andy of StarWars.com will be their hosts. Uh, David W. Collins. I listened to him over on the Rebel Force Radio. Uh, Very cool. And uh, I think he's the guy that hosts uh, Star Wars Oxygen, I do believe, if if I'm not. Yes, he is. Yeah, that's a really, really cool show. And uh, as podcasters, we need to uh, get to know each other more, I think. How fun is that? Well, uh, we got some other upcoming events here. You know, not just the movie, no less. I mean, well, that that's that that should be like all of it. Upcoming events, Force Awakens. That's it. Yeah, yeah that's it. Done. <laughs> Close the year out. But how cool is this? The the Denver Art Museum announced earlier this month that they will be hosting the exhibition, which features the world's most recognized cinematic costumes. Star Wars and the power of costumes will come to Denver in November 2016. More than 60 handcrafted costumes from all seven blockbusters. 
Star Wars films will uncover the connection between character and costume. Star Wars and the Power of Costume also will explore the imagination and artistry of the cinematic costumes, taking a closer look at the iconic villain Darth Vader. Queen Amidala, as far as the Emperor's concerned, she's a villain too. Uh, Wookiee Chewbacca, X-Wing pilots and droids, including C-3PO and R2-D2. We'll have a link in our show notes where you can check out more info about it. Speaking of 2016, our PR department is looking for video greetings from all 501st Legion units to share on New Year's Day. For more details on how to participate, please email socialmedia at 501st.com. For more upcoming events, be sure to check out Roku Depot. They publish a data burst from the 501st, which contains upcoming events from as many of our Legion units as they can gather data from. Yeah, how cool is that? Roku Depot is a great place to, uh, like uh, Mark just mentioned, to learn, uh, you know, get up to date about uh, goings on from the 501st Legion, our different uh, units out there, and podcasts too. Roku Depot has a whole listing of Star Wars podcasts out there. Yeah, I'm, I'm like so blown away by how they put together the listing every month because that's just something that we've never managed to really get off the ground ourselves, which I really am embarrassed to say as the Legion events coordinator, we just have so much going on that it's hard to put it all in one place. But these guys help us do that. Sometimes I have trouble even knowing what events I have coming up, and I've only been in for three months. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? That's a testament of how uh, active the 501st really is. We're always doing something. And in fact, we, it's so hard to keep up with what it is we're doing. And you know what? That's a good problem to have. Absolutely. This episode's shout-out is to September 2015 Trooper of the Month, Isra Guzman, TI-7613 from Skull Garrison. He was nominated for his outstanding and tireless work to help make Federita, who we mentioned earlier in the show, make her dream a reality. He is always known for encouraging members to participate and feel the brotherhood of the 501st Legion. Commendations also to Brian Slowly, SL4338 from Canadian Garrison, Terry Chu, TK2886, Badlands Garrison, and Chris Bourbon, TK6427 from Star Garrison, who were also all nominated for Trooper of the Month in September. And I also know that um, Isra and his wife uh, just flew today from Mexico in Skull Garrison area up to Los Angeles to go attend the um, premiere tomorrow. So I'm very excited to, to hear how they, uh, how they like it. Uh, send us your mission report, Trooper. We want to know. <laughs> <laughs> Although we might not be able to publish it until, you know, after the weekend because we don't want to give out too many spoilers. Well, here's something I'm really, uh, I really like. Audio feedback. Oh, my. And not, not, not like the kind of ringing in your ears audio feedback, the audio listener feedback. Nikki, what's this about? So we always try to put out the call to get some more, you know, voices that we can add to the podcast. Uh, so one of the things we wanted to do is try to have people call in and um, give us some feedback on how we're doing, what you'd like to hear us talk about in the next episode, or if you have a mission report that we should have reported on that was, you know, big news that we missed. So we have a podcast hotline. Uh, we'll put the number in the show notes also, but it's 828 828- Four one nine zero five zero one. So you can leave us a brief message there. I think it's like a three minute time limit for there. Um, you could send us stuff like memories about your favorite troop, or you know, if there's an event going on in your area that we should be participating in. Uh, if you have a question about anything the five hundred first does, or how to join. Any of that kind of stuff you can send us. You can also send us an audio file to podcast at 501st.com. That's our email. So we'll try to to play as many of these as we get submitted. Um, we haven't been very successful at having people call in in the past, but, you know, maybe someone will change their mind and, and call us in. And how cool is it, too, that they can record themselves uh, on their uh, computers or smart devices there and uh, send you an MP3 or really any audio format. Uh, and uh, as long as we can play it and, uh, you know, keep it under two minutes, preferably. And, uh, you know, we can play there. They can be heard on the 501st cast. How cool is that? Definitely. And we do still have some 501st cast patches that I could give out as a prize. So we'll see. If we get anyone who submits something, we'll we'll pick a random caller to get a patch. 
Well, as always, our official home on the web is 501st.com slash podcast, where you can post your feedback and comments and listen to previous episodes of the show. The 501st cast is an easy way to catch up on a few weeks of Legion news while driving, at the office, or working out. But if you're looking for up-to-the-minute news, you'll need to get it from our social media feeds like Facebook and Twitter. Just look us up on Facebook as The 501st Legion, or go to Facebook.com slash The 501st Legion. You can also follow us on Twitter as at 501st Legion, or go to Twitter.com slash 501st Legion. Join in the discussion as thousands of fellow fans share their passion for trooping, Star Wars, and charity. Yeah, we might need to actually up that to like hundreds of thousands of... I should go look and see what we're up to right now for Facebook fans. We used to like mention that at the the bottom of each episode. Let's see. I think it's exceeded 100,000. Yeah, I think back when we um, started the Facebook page, we were only in the thousands. (laughs) <laughs> but we are now at 607,000 likes oh, on our goodness. Facebook page. So, yes, that's definitely hundreds of thousands. Oh, uh, yeah. And more Twitter, than, more and than Twitter has 82,000 followers. Wow. Nice. Yeah, more than half a million followers on Facebook. Yes. Go, social media oh. team. Wow. You know what? Uh, shout out to the social media team. Uh, you know who you are. And uh, you know what? We should do a spotlight on those those folks. Uh, they, I think they do a better job than we do <laughs> at, at getting the information about the 501st out there. Uh, and uh, you know what? Maybe we should get them on the podcast sometime. Yeah. Well, actually, Dean Planamura, he's helped me start or I, actually I helped him start the podcast eight years ago. So he was one of the founding 501st cast members, and now he's over on the social media side. And we should probably wish each other a happy 8th anniversary, even though I'm new to this, and Mark, I guess you are too. But, you know, Nikki, you've been with the 501st cast since the beginning, so happy 8th anniversary. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Cast. I know, I wish I could put, you know, these out faster. You know, everyone's like into the instant gratification, I guess, that social media provides now. But I'm hoping that people still enjoy the show when we are able to publish it, even if it's not as fast as some people are accustomed to. Yeah, you know, uh, I I think that having a podcast just once a month is good if we can keep it up to once a month. But, you know, even, uh, you know, insert some microcasts in there and and, uh, have some extra stuff that, uh, you know, people are always wanting to learn about the Legion. And so uh, having uh, like a panel of uh, Q&A, you know, where, you know, we mentioned how listeners can call in with their questions and uh, comments and things like that. How cool would it be to have? In fact, the 501st has done this in the past. I've seen on social media where they have a panel of, uh, I don't know, Garrison CEO or whatnot, uh, leaders, and uh, GMLs perhaps, and uh, and on social media, folks ans- ask the 501st their questions, and then the uh, the panel there would answer whatever questions they have about the 501st within a certain allotted time, say on a certain date from such and such time to such and such time. And I, mm-hmm. th- I think that we should do that here on uh, the 501st cast. Uh, maybe uh, you've got the hotline there so people can call in with their questions, and then we could do like a microcast perhaps, or just a regular episode, uh, you know. And uh, have uh, a panel of uh, however you'd want to put it together, you know, just garrison COs, GMLs, et cetera, et cetera, and uh, uh, let them have at it with some of them, uh, the questions coming from the, uh, the galactic populace there. Yeah. So, yeah, we definitely have lots of uh, exciting ideas. So hopefully 2016, we can get the ball rolling a little faster and have some more content that we can put out for our listeners. Well, Nikki, as your new uh, audio producer here at the 501st cast, I look forward to completing, I guess it would be my training, uh, and, and uh, getting more content out there for folks. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you guys for both coming on the show and and uh, helping me out this time. Always a pleasure. Thank you for having us. Always a pleasure. Thank you for having me. And uh, I thank you in advance for having me again. And uh, <laughs> it's uh, job security, right? Yes. Yeah, I should have said uh, helping me out this time and in the future. Don't want to put like a finality to that. <laughs> so with that, I'll close us out with our outro here. And uh, uh, for more uh, on the 501st cast, they can follow us where, Nikki? Stitcher uh, and iTunes. And where else is the 501st cast at? Good question. <laughs> um, as far as I know, it's um, 
It's on our site, obviously, 501st.com slash podcast and iTunes. I'm not sure where else we feed. We're we on should Stitcher. get you on that. Yeah, I'm on Stitcher. Well, I listen to the 501st cast on Stitcher. And I've been listening that way for uh, years. So okay. uh, definitely iTunes and Stitcher. Uh, those are the big ones. So uh, you can subscribe to us that way if you're not used to RSS feeds uh, on the uh, podcast page there. And, uh, you know, leave us some iTunes feedback, too, because uh, the more uh, comments and positive feedback we get on iTunes, it helps people find us. And uh, so that's always a good thing. So uh, stay tuned to the 501st cast. More exciting content coming in the not-too-distant future. Lots of good stuff coming in 2016. The 501st Legion is a worldwide Star Wars costuming organization comprised of and operated by Star Wars fans. While it is not sponsored by Lucasfilm Limited, it is Lucasfilm's preferred Imperial costuming group. Star Wars, its characters, costumes, and all associated items are the intellectual property of Lucasfilm, copyright 2015, Lucasfilm Limited. In trademark, all rights reserved, used under authorization. That's it, troopers. Join us next time on the 501st cast. Well, five members and a squad of Empire City... Oh, okay. oh I think you skipped mine. Oh, I'm sorry. I do apologize. <laughs> okay, there you go. You know, I should save some of these bloopers and put a little blooper reel at the end of the episode. I don't know if you want to do that or not, yeah. Nikki, but that would be kind of fun. Yeah, we, no, we used to do that. Yeah, if we had bloopers, we'd stick them at the end. Okay, the well, I've got plenty yep. here. I think I should do this. <laughs> yeah, plenty from me. <laughs> Well, okay. Well, five members of the Empire City Garrison and a squire celebrated Thanksgiving a couple of days early when they invited the intrepid Air and Space Museum. Let me. Oh, sorry, that was supposed to be invaded. Invaded. Yeah, yeah. I'll just start that over from the top. Il bambino, el centro. Uh, oh, bambino. Bambino means child. Yeah. Okay. Il bambino, el centro. Yeah, I don't want to say bam bimbo. That wouldn't be good. <laughs> For more upcoming events, be sure to check out our friends at Roku Depot. Depot. Take it there. Or Depot. I, it might right. be a, it, a regional dialect thing. But um, did I get Roku? Yes, right? you, you got, got Roku it. right. Yep. Okay, that, that's where <laughs> I got it. <All> right. <laughs>